0: Hey, I'm about 45 minutes out Are you ready? No <laughs> But I am at McDonald's Sitting in the number 2 reserve spot Alright uh, So when I started to get ready To leave I thought it would take me 30 minutes to load my gear And it took me about an hour and a half You've got about 45 minutes Then I pick you up Okay so I should be able to be ready in three times 45 minutes. Yeah, that's not going to work because I'll be uh, like midway through Kentucky by then. Here's the deal. Uh,
1: We learned this
0: a long time ago.
1: Everything seems to take three
0: times as long as we think. But this is one of those cases where that's going to leave you at home and missing a gig and making money and stuff. Either I have to wait for you at your house to get ready, which I'm okay to do, because you're the one who has something at 7 in the morning. But uh, you should get moving. So, see you. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in 40. You haven't showered yet? I've been thinking about getting my mail. Hey, Steve. Uh, about my, about my, uh, about my well, it's 1104. Right now, 1104
1: four. Uh, Sunday
0: evening. night. We're
1: in the same vehicle. Do you know together. what date it is? I don't know what day it is. Well, it's Sunday night. It's
0: Sunday night, and this is going to air on Monday, assuming that we can get it to upload from the hotel. We're in the uh, this uh, two thousand three GMC Envoy, and uh, we're on Interstate sixty-five.
1: We're actually headed to Gary, Indiana. (laughs) We don't
0: know where we are.
1: Well, we're headed to Everett, Michigan via Gary, Indiana.
0: And uh, we're in the same car, actually, and having conversations and decided just to go ahead and uh, record a podcast since we're doing this. We're we're just moving forward. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to our destination until about 2.45 in the morning.
1: That's insane.
0: And then uh, we'll I've
1: got to be at a breakfast meeting at seven thirty a.m. Wow. <clears throat> got but a little. Listen, I've been sleeping with that CPAP. I can get by with a few hours. That's good. And yeah. you should let me sleep a couple hours tonight. I w- <laughs> you know, in the
0: car. <laughs> oh, in the car.
1: Okay, I was going to let you sleep. Yes. So we're headed to the Fun Fest, the ODPC Fun Fest in Everett, Michigan. Um, it's this coming Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I've got a three-day intensive. I'm teaching with Bing Futch Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and Dan, you're just gonna, you're just kind of. This is your biggest event, right? As far as Hammer Dulcimers go.
0: Yeah, this is where the greatest number gather. It's several thousand people at this thing. It's. Uh, Lots of folks in campers and lots of folks in tents.
1: Several thousand. I don't yeah. think we have a Mountain Dulcimer event that has several thousand people at it.
0: Is that right?
1: I think this is a huge event. It's one reason I'm coming. But, you know, a lot of our friends are coming. You know, just a lot of fellow performers, lots of students I've known over the years. And it's, there's always been, it's, it's mainly a Hammer Dulcimer event. But a lot of these people play mountain dulcimer, too. So, actually, there's a heck of a lot. I had, like, 80-something mountain dulcimer players in my class last year. I've seen you with, like, 140 hammer. That's crazy. Yeah, that's because
0: <clears throat> I'm a swine barn teacher, he says with pride.
1: Yeah, well, all the classrooms are named after animals because it's a, a 4-H.
0: It's a 4-H campground, basically. Right. And so the largest... The building is the swine barn and that's where <laughs> this is a point of pride they've been going the for hammer like Festival. 50 years or something we don't know like if it's that. 40 or 50 and i should know that because they had an ad uh, last year was their anniversary but yeah and or maybe it was a couple a tradition years
1: ago up here lots of hammer dollar players over the decades and this this um, it's a big deal up here
0: yeah this is where i've met a lot of friends uh mark wade i met up here mark yeah. uh Randy Klepper and I were jamming in the rabbit barn, if I'm not mistaken. I've been there. And then Mark and uh, Bob McMurray you came guys and started playing. You guys ended up doing a record together. Yeah, and then later we ended up doing a record together, and so that was fun. And I met Bill Robinson here, of course, who unfortunately isn't coming this year because he had a, took a fall right. and what messed up some do? vertebrae. He, broke his back,
1: basically. That's so terrible. Yeah.
0: And we're hoping... Actually, that he doesn't come.
1: <laughs> His doctor said not to come.
0: I know it. He really wants he to come. He seems
1: but. like the kind of guy they would say, "I've healed." Up.
0: I'm I know it. I'm he. Uh, I talked to him just a couple of weeks ago, and and he he just shouldn't come. But anyway, uh, I met Katie Moritz here. I've met just so many players, people that have just become friends. Quite a few of those are friends who are on the board for the ODPC. The ODPC stands for the Original Dulcimer Players Club, but. If you pronounce it correctly, it's the Original Dulcimer Players Club. And this is a club that has existed for a long time specifically to promote the hammered dulcimer. And it was thought for a long time, I mean it was for a long time, a lot of other instruments weren't really welcome here. Like the concerts would be uh, just hammered dulcimer.
1: Right, because it's like, uh, the way it was explained to me is they said, hey, this is our one big thing a year in the whole world you know this is the big thing for hammer dulcimer so although other people are welcome we're going to keep the focus on hammer i get that
0: right and they still do that but they've opened the concerts up more so you'll see hammered and mountain and penny whistle and right hurdy-gurdy probably and just all kinds of it's an
1: interesting it's definitely um, the the people get their weeks early so they can get their camping spots it's um the nightlife is awesome jams everywhere every oh you night. know what
0: one of the unique things and this is probably not all that unique but i mean it it says it in the name it's a non electric music festival oh it
1: says that somewhere yeah really
0: yes and uh, so, so like teaching in the rabbit barn for instance cuz it's a big it's a big long barn and you're right in the middle and you've got all these instruments for for the longest time there were, you could even have an amplifier in there, and then they kind of changed the rule that they have a couple of amps of their own. Even so the, for your voice. For your voice, yeah, because.
1: Oh, so you. It, I can understand them saying non-electric instruments, but they actually meant like. <laughs> it was you not go to electric. the bathroom at night; it's gonna. It be was dark. dark in there. Yeah, I don't Are know. You if it's I
0: don't know that that's t- totally true, <laughs> but I know uh, there's one person. I think they they make an exception for one person who always plays a piano. And for the longest time, they would drag. Now, imagine this. We're going to Everett in July.
1: Pianos are non-electric. Well,
0: they're non-electric, but they're also, they don't do very well when they're outside. Oh, right. And so they'd have this old piano that would be sitting in the swine barn or or the cattle barn. Wow. And it's raining out there, you know, and all this stuff. And then they'd drag that thing up to the stage, and it sometimes (laughs) was quite awful. So I know they've made an exception. I think for one person to use an electric piano, and I'm glad they did because it sounds better. And I think it also uh, people got old and didn't want to drag that piano up there anymore. Uh, It's a volunteer festival,
1: and it's not. There's nobody on staff as far as performers. Right, we're just festival attendees, like everybody else. Anybody can teach if they go through the application process. Anybody can perform. I imagine to some extent.
0: Well, I don't know. It's one of the things they changed in the past few years that made it a little more reasonable for people who do this for a living like us to drive this far. Because it was kind of risky if you drove this far not knowing if you were going to get to perform, right?
1: So they... Is that the same for just about everybody? They they wouldn't know till they got to the actual yeah, that's site right. if you if you're going to be able to play or not Was and so it now lottery or something I still don't get that <laughs> I don't know that I ever knew
0: exactly how it worked either I mean that wasn't on the board so uh, but I know that you know, one year I almost didn't get to play and then somebody spoke up and said no you got to have this guy play and I don't know if that had anything to do with it but then they just sort of looked at the whole thing and said we can do better and I think they also wanted to expand the festival be- to become more of a general music festival boards change and purposes change and it's all okay for guys like me and you who, who do do this for a living I don't think it's our right to go around and demand that festivals <laughs> change the way they do right. things to that suit us arrogant, but the point That's right.
1: I think is that I mean a good thing to talk about really is you, this is a 12-hour trip for you, basically. Would you be willing to do that if you didn't... Like, if you thought you might not get any stage time at all... Watch out. Vehicle stopped on shoulder ahead. You, <laughs> you wouldn't be as willing to come. And somebody else might say, well, that's a bummer. You should just be willing to come for the fun of it.
0: Well, I don't know if anybody would really say that.
1: Oh, they say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess what would be really good to talk about is that if i would love to just come to events like this just for the fun of it but i it's it's not just that I've, i i want to make money while i'm here it's that i can't i actually can't afford to do this stuff unless i am making money the money makes it possible for me to do cool stuff like this
0: right and i i know you've talked about this not on the podcast so much but i know it makes you uncomfortable when we start talking about the money side of this on this podcast but i sort of think that's what this podcast is about we are dulcimer geeks who are silly enough to think we can make a living playing and being involved in these instruments and this is one of those things it's a long way to Everett, michigan from tennessee you and i both live in tennessee there are just so many people at this one and i like the i like the idea of a festival like this where it's, you know, everybody's pretty much equal.
1: Does that mean egalitarian? What I almost that said
0: mean? that, but I was trying to not, We're to not have to sound look like that. that. Word up. Is that no, I think deal? it's egalitarian, is right. Uh, but that's not really totally even true because I know that I'm playing it, and unless they change the roster, I'm the last person Saturday night, which is a good slot. You know, that's like I'm closing the show, and you'll probably play with me on that but even if they weren't willing to do that I just as a performer or you listening as a performer you just have to decide is this does this fit with what I'm trying to do as a musician and here it does because there's so many people uh, dulcimer players news is an important part of how I make a living and there's so many dulcimer players here that it would kind of be silly for me to not come matter of fact I remember I think it was Guy George a few years ago I was saying man Guy if this is you know, CDs don't sell as much as they used to. And far. this was a festival that 10 years ago, I sold a lot of CDs. Wow. You know? And I don't think anybody's selling a lot of CDs anywhere at these kinds of things. And I remember telling Guy, I was kind of thinking about, you know, maybe only doing this one every four or five years. And he said, Dan, you just gotta, you really just have to. And I think he's right.
1: Yeah, there's some larger events that we really... If if we're gonna do if we're gonna do this as a a full time profession, there's certain events you just ought to try to be at.
0: That's right. Yeah, it's cost of doing business, which is fine.
1: I mean, here's the funny thing. And it's a great job. (laughs) The funny thing about this one is, the first year I came here, I brought a tent. Well, that particular year, it was like 100 degrees outside. <laughs> it was humid. Uh, it rained at night. I realized my snoring was keeping people up in the campground. So I ended up sleeping in a car. I think this is almost, I could have died. I slept in a car, and I'd have it run like six hours at night with the air <laughs> conditioning so bad.
0: On. I remember seeing you, Stephen. You looked more like a person who had been living on the streets than a person who lives on the streets after about three days.
1: I was taking showers every day.
0: <laughs> no, but you weren't getting sleep. I wasn't getting sleep. You look, you look road hard and put up <laughs> I wet. Couldn't
1: figure out how to park the car on a kind of a little tiny hill so that you know I could get my feet at the level of my heart or whatever.
0: So my first time at Everett, I'll I'll never forget this. Uh, I talked to Angie. You know I've been a subscriber to Dulcimer Players News for a long time, and it was a festival that I'd seen and that I wanted to go to. And this was back when we weren't you know involved with a magazine back then so this is one we got to go to i just want to want to see this thing so we (laughs) i was it was after i had done one yanni tour so this is about 2003 so i was kind of known in the in the dulcimer community but i didn't know really that i was known because i didn't know anybody and uh first i said angie we need a tent everybody camps at this and My wife, bless her heart.
1: She doesn't want to be in a tent.
0: So she has, and this is really true, and Angie, if you're listening, you'll verify this, and I'm sure you're shaking your head yes. You could blindfold her and walk, take her into any kind of store that sells any kind of thing, and she'll walk up and put her hands on the thing that she thinks she wants, and it's the most expensive one in there. (laughs) It just happens like it's magic. So she comes home with this tent that she paid You know, probably a hundred and fifty dollars for. A hundred and fifty dollars a lot of money for a tent. And it was it turns out it was like a four room condo. <laughs> it
1: was just this hey, that's a good price for a four room condo. It was a
0: massive, have. massive tent and we're not campers and so we gathered up and borrowed some things and we <laughs> First off we set this grey big tent up. While we're setting the thing up, the very first person and, and this was the very first Dulcimer Festival that I'd ever been to. Never been to one at all. Never been around other Dulcimer players, actually. The first person who walks up to me said, you're that uh, Landrum guy, aren't you? And I'm like, I'm flattered. I like, yeah, that's, that's me. And she said, <laughs> there's a lot of people who are not going to be happy that you're here. <laughs>
1: What's up with that? <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> What now? What did she mean by that? I, you know, I don't I'm know sure that, that was a veiled compliment. I don't know that. I it know that was a veiled compliment.
0: I don't know that I ever got to the bottom of it.
1: She was probably saying, "You're you're pretty good," and uh, I
0: think it had to do with playing styles.
1: Oh, like you're more modern; they were more yeah. traditional. Yeah,
0: because it is a very. And and this might even go back to some of the stuff that was going on back then. This is a very traditional festival.
1: Hey, you're dropping below sixty-five. You want me
0: to speed up a little bit because we're talking. I'm not paying attention. But I think yeah. Anyway, it's a uh, it's a very traditional festival that is, like I mentioned, non-electric and all that kind of thing. So the point of the story isn't that that really happened what I I, it made me nervous but of course what I learned is that some of the best people I've ever met in my life I've met at this festival and friends you know who we're all friends now and this is sort of like a family reunion but Angie it freaked out just a little bit (laughs) because she wasn't necessarily wanting to do the trip anyway and then we had we brought an air mattress but apparently we had Lost somehow along the way the cap for this That's air mattress, awesome. so and so we didn't have the pump. I get this air, I with my mouth blow up this monster, you know, queen size air mattress, and then I took a, <laughs> uh, I took a cap off of a milk jug and some cellophane and put over it and rubber bands and wrapped that thing on top of it. And then the temperature that night fell into the 40s. Well, that's. Better and than then the mattress deflated. Yeah. <laughs> so, at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's awesome. We, the hotel there's completely booked. We ended up finding a hotel, a Country Inns and Suites down in uh, Big Rapids down the road. An <laughs> hour away or something. Yeah, that was the last time we ever camped. That's the last. <laughs> that's time. it. We're done.
1: But you're all right with it. uh Really. Is I don't that because s- you're, you're getting older or what? No, I just don't
0: sleep well. I'm, a, I'm kind yeah, of a sissy that way. Yeah, you're picky about how you sleep. Yeah, sleep's really important to me.
1: I've seen this happen before. I will watch a fan walk up to a performer, and the fan is a little nervous, but they're excited to meet the performer, and they'll say something like, um, wow. I love your last record I always go to sleep to it you know so they're actually making a compliment now I've seen this happen the performer might be having a bad night maybe they're stressed out worn out I don't know what and they take that wrong right and this it it's kind of an ugly little transaction that happens there yeah and that's taught me something Um, and I think this is good for all people everywhere but when somebody comes up to me and they seem excited to talk to me and they say something that kind of seems like the opposite of a compliment, I just try to be sweet about it because I figure I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I know a guy that works at those Apple stores and he talks about, you know, presume positive intent. Is, right. Know, I think it's a good policy.
0: Most people are nervous when they talk to a stranger to begin with. And Right. Yeah. So you don't know. I think if that performer I'll I'll let them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, like you said, they were having a bad day or whatever, but it sounds like somebody that needs to get over themselves a little bit.
1: Oh. oh, oh. Fighting words. Huh. <laughs> what does. time is it, man?
0: It's eleven twenty four.
1: All right, we're doing all right. That's eleven twenty four. 1224 1224 to 124 124
0: to 224 it's three hours that's right that would have been easier to do but that's all right so this this festival and we'll, we'll i guess we should stop talking about this in a minute it's been interesting to see over the years how it's changed and how they've opened up and how they're really they've been recruiting performers and Uh, Gail Perna's been doing that for the last couple of years And actually, I'm excited Sam Rosetta's coming this year And I don't think Sam's ever been to this festival before
1: Wow Yeah I mean, he's a a big deal in hammered Dulcimer land So he's never been here No
0: I got an email from Sam the day before yesterday That
1: Isn't he building you a dulcimer or something? Well, that's about
0: a couple of years away where okay. It's 2017. I'm afraid before we're going to be able to get to that, but uh, I, I mean this you know, total, totally joking. But I kind of have a man crush on Sam Rossetti. I just think
1: what's a man crush? That's
0: just a. It's a. It's nothing. He's <laughs> just. It's a joke. I just think he's he's brilliant yeah. and his work is amazing and he's kind of a living legend and we got to hang out some at Kentucky Music Week uh, and found out that we have way more in common than I ever knew and. We ended up parting kind of buddies and I got to high five Sam Rosetta over the lunch table. That's for, nice. Very so great conversation we had. Yeah, but this email that I got from him said uh and this is one of the reasons why these festivals are so important. <clears throat> this is a bit geeky, but we're okay we're allowed to do this, right?
1: On okay, this festival? I don't know. What's gonna, what are you going to say? Well, this is
0: going to get really deep hammer dulcimer for just a couple of minutes. So no, try I, I to put up that with that this. Deep. We're going to a mainly hammer dulcimer festival.
1: I have a couple hammers in my house.
0: All right. Are, so they, are they hard hammers? Are they flexible they hammers? they
1: leather on one side and hard on the other.
0: Is the shaft a hard... Does, does it flex?
1: No, it's hard. It's, it's a
0: solid wood hammer. Yeah. So that's a more modern development for hammers? yeah. This tradition that we're headed to up in Everett comes from a dance tradition. It goes back to the Henry Ford orchestras. And their hammers often were corset stays. The 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 shafts were corset stays with wood heads on them. <clears throat> very, very, very flexible hammer heads.
1: Well, wait a minute. The Henry Ford thing, he, he kind of breathed some life into it, but there were already people playing this stuff before Henry Ford. Yes. Yeah,
0: but but the hammer style changes the tone of the instrument.
1: These corset things.
0: Yeah, these corset stay hammers. It 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 sort of even changes the way that you use your arms. So because you have to really whip those things down there, so that the hammerhead you know that corset stay bends and then it whips the hammerhead down and it smacks the string and comes off of the string very quickly. And it's a very loud, poppy kind of tone, sort of like a banjo tone. It
1: seems like there would be a certain w- way those would react so that they were probably better at certain tempos.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: dance. I don't know. Dance tempo is
0: not all that fast. First, remember that, right? I mean, generally, if you're playing for dance, you have to be careful about not to go too quick. But if you're watching somebody play with extremely flexible hammers, it looks like they're working very fast because it's fi- very physical. They have to move their arms up and down a lot. Okay, this is coming back to San Rosette in a minute.
1: Hey, are we lost? Are we on the right road?
0: We're on the right road.
1: Hey, while you're talking, I'm going to check the map.
0: Okay, let's pause for a second no, and then I don't uh, need no, to pause, so we're okay. Just keep going. Go back to yeah, the yeah. Corsets. So the corset stay hammers were just the ones that were used at the time. Are you showing me something? Yeah, that it's m- all good. We're all good. Excellent. It's 11:28. We're doing fine. Anyway, other playing styles developed on other parts of the country and came to the United States, you know, from different places where different kinds of hammers were used. The stiff hammers like you have are more modern, mostly. Well, Sam Rosetta, who's such an innovator, made car- started making carbon fiber hammers a few years ago. And his carbon fiber hammers are not—I mean, they're not anywhere near as flopsy as those corset stay hammers, and they have a really, I think, the best tone I've ever heard on a hammer dulcimer comes huh. from these hammers. But I had told him in the past that I can't use them, even though they sound better than any other hammer on my instrument. Why
1: is that?
0: It's about speed, but not necessarily playing songs fast. But about intricate ornamentation where my hammers are moving really quickly and I found that the flexibility in those hammers I actually lose some speed because as I'm moving like for a or that fast all the way up the instrument, the hammers don't catch up with me fast enough
1: because they're too light
0: No because Wait a as I am moving the hammer heads are taking too long to come back down before they get to the next uh, note because of the flexibility but it's ah, that yeah, yeah. but it's that head hitting the hammer and releasing the strings quickly that gives it the good tone huh. so sam just out of the blue wrote and he said you know i've been thinking about that and ever and he got to watch me play and uh, i don't mean like he got to watch me play but it was his first opportunity probably to ever really see the style that i play and he said i get it and he went home and he worked on some heavier density Carbon fiber hammers. Oh, are they going to be here? And he's bringing day? them for me to try at Everett. I'm excited.
1: That's cool.
0: I'll drive 12 hours for that. <laughs> that alone. So anyway, this stuff is fun.
1: I'm into something new. Okay. <laughs> so my student gave me a three recorders, soprano, tenor, alto. So I signed up for a Skype lesson for the 22nd with a uh, world-renowned recorder player. Oh, wow. And I thought to myself, why am I doing this, you know? But it's not like I'm looking to have, uh, you know, a years worth of lessons. But I like the idea of, um, I've always believed in cross-trading. You know, you learn a little bit of this instrument, Mm -hmm. I can bring it back to the dulcimer. But honestly, i think as a teacher i need to be reminded of uh what it's like to be a beginner
0: oh that's a great point i've sat in on some mountain dulcimer workshops and i'm completely baffled and it makes me a better
1: teacher (laughs) by realizing how hard it is it's good to remember but um Am I excited? Am I as excited about these recorders as you are about your carbon fiber corsets? stay? I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: I just think it's great that uh, we continue to try to push the craft, you know. And you've got you've got builders like like Sam Rosetta who they're continuing to to push it. So when he gets around to building me an instrument in a couple of years, it'll have a lot of carbon fiber in it, <clears throat> and. In the guitar world, carbon fiber is pretty amazing. I think... Uh,
1: is that what they... They'll talk about a graphite guitar? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like the rain songs are that.
1: Hey, I, I've i been into something new lately. What's that? I've been playing this card game called Munchkin. You heard of this? <laughs> I have
0: no idea where you're going.
1: It's a cool game. Munchkin... Um. It's something I can play with my kids. I got a couple of friends who play it, so I don't know if that's as uh, exciting as your graphite corset day, but
0: it's not. You know what the most exciting thing is that made it hard for me to leave to
1: come here? <laughs> What's that? It's a grandson. Oh, tell me about that kid.
0: So he's uh, first. He's just a, little, a, a delight, and we can't wait to have a, a second grandchild, which we Ooh. will in October. But I had him last night. Holding him up, and then
1: you know, putting his
0: uh, legs underneath my arms, and then letting him flip down upside down. And s-
1: hey, we got an exit in one mile, two fifty nine B. All right,
0: we got it. We're on it.
1: And then, and then we're gonna be on that road for a while, so I'm gonna turn her off. All right, so you're so so anyway, hanging
0: hanging him upside down and letting him uh you know and then swinging him back and forth and he's just giggling and giggling and giggling and getting red faced and having fun and i swing him up and while he's still giggling he goes i yo you papa and gives me just this big hug and a kiss on the cheek that's and he great. goes upside down my goodness that's a great time to be alive to to get to do that and uh that makes it I'm hard to miss leave him this home week. yeah i'm gonna miss him
1: you went to africa so, and he knew that's why he didn't see you for a couple of weeks. And then you told me after you got back you were going on some little trip. and. Well, we went to KMW. He asked ah, his mom. Right.
0: He said, Papa in Africa?
1: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> He's probably going to think it this week, too. And I don't get to see my kids this week, and that drives me crazy. Because, you know, we would be playing Munchkin.
0: Yeah, maybe you could teach me that this week, as <laughs> if we're going to have any time. I
1: think we should. Um but listen, I would like to wish us a fun week. I'm looking forward to seeing these students. I'm looking forward to hanging out with people, going out to eat, jamming, and um,
0: maybe we'll uh, do some interviews that we can use on. Uh, I think we ought to, on, just yeah, a little bit, on the Geek Podcast. Um, All right, well, let's uh, have a safe drive. I mean, we only have to drive three more hours. Three, more. No big, no big three, big. three hours and
1: fifteen minutes. Hey, I'm excited about your, your grandma. Oh, I can't wait. All right, well, bye.